This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture this Friday afternoon. Now, we're talking about the COVID-19 vaccination program. Now, many of us, well, okay, I should say some of us are ready to race for the COVID-19 vaccines as soon as we get our appointment, while there are others um, who are anxious about what the process will be like and many more who are generally hesitant about getting the vaccine. So, in today's story, we want to take a look at what exactly happens Uh, when you go for an appointment by looking at what happens at a major vaccination centre. And uh, we hope to underscore the importance of everyone registering for the COVID-19 vaccine and uh, sticking to the appointments that are given to us as well. Mm. And, you know, we're talking about this as we're now about two weeks into phase two of our national immunisation programme and that began in stages since mid-April. So under the National COVID-19 Immunisation Programme, or more commonly referred to as PIC, Phase 2 involves senior citizens aged 60 and above, persons with disabilities and those with chronic diseases. And I think by now, you know, many of us would have already seen the photos and news reports of a number of our elderly getting the vaccine. Or perhaps you might even have a family member or a relative or someone in your neighbourhood who has already gotten that jab under Phase 2. Yes, um, I'm so proud to say that my father-in-law has gotten his first dose. My mother-in-law is getting hers today. uh, And... uh, they were at first worried and concerned mm. about it, but, you know, just very bravely went for it anyway. You know, um, the the problem, I guess, uh, that's uh, quite general nationwide is that while many of us uh, have heard of a few people around us who've either gotten their appointments or their jabs, the numbers are not as high as uh, what we would uh, hope for. So uh, thus far, more than 870,000 people have gotten at least one dose, out of which more than 530,000 have gotten both doses Um, and really if you are on social media at all or if you're chatting with people about this um, many people are feeling that the vaccination rates are going slower than what was promised or even expected. Hmm. So in response to this, um, these claims, you know Coordinating Minister for the Immunisation Programme YB Kari Jamaluddin has responded to it. He says that um, under our National Immunisation Programme everyone has to wait for their turn and he previously also said that one of the reasons for the slower pace is because of the delivery of the vaccines which are coming um, in um, slowly and in, in stages. Mm. So it is expected that the vaccination rates um, will increase over the next couple of months. You know, we've had medical experts who've come on and say that we are expecting to see more deliveries of um, vaccine doses coming in and hopefully, you know, that will sort of kickstart um, our vaccination immunization program into the next level, right, to get more people vaccinated on a daily basis. And you know, just as a refresher, right now we are only using um, two vaccines, the Pfizer and the Sinovac vaccines, with the AstraZeneca one soon to be um, introduced on a voluntary basis. Now, speaking of the AstraZeneca or the AZAC vaccine, that has caused a significant amount of public anxiety about getting the vaccine um, because of all the media reports that we're reading um, uh, linking the vaccine to blood clots. Uh, and as we discussed uh, on uh, the uh, Daily Digest segment on Wednesday, mm. We spoke to uh, infectious 
disease physician, Dr. Dr. Christopher Lee, um, you know, and he emphasized how rare these blood clots uh, are. It's a risk of 0.0004%. You know, that's four in one million people mm. who get the jabs. Um, so, you know, he, he wanted to allay the fears that people have about, um, you know, the possibility of developing blood clots if you get the vaccine because, um, you know, many experts have also said your risk of getting blood clots is much higher if you get COVID-19. That's right. And the risk of getting COVID-19 is it's really high now. right now. Uh, look at our daily numbers, right? But, you know, that vaccine is only one of the many reasons behind vaccine hesitancy here. Um, you know, the, the sort of like this sentiment of hesitancy has been a big hurdle uh, from the start. So if you look at um, our registration for our vaccination program, it opened in February. Um, up till now... Um, it sounds good. More than 9 million people uh, across Malaysia have registered. But actually, um, if you break it down, that's only around 35% of the people we need uh, to get vaccinated in order to achieve herd immunity. Mm. And for the rest of the people who haven't registered, you know, there have been a whole host of other reasons other than the AZAC vaccine, which have um, caused this hesitancy over it. Because, you know, the, the AstraZeneca vaccine issue has only come up in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, previously, a lot of the reasons that people gave... Um, included things like they were worried about um, their pre-existing conditions or if they had severe allergies, wondering if it's safe for them to take the vaccine. And we've had um, our doctors come on the show multiple times to reassure people that, you know, if you, it, it might still be safe for you to get that vaccine. What's important is for you to speak to your healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. And in, in a lot of these cases, it's actually more important that you get the vaccine because your immune system is more vulnerable than mm-hmm. the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just another one off the top of my head, I can think of another reason would be people who say that, oh, I take all the precautions, I stay at home most of the time, mm. so there's no need for me to take the vaccine because I'm less likely to be um, exposed. Mm. But then, you know, the worry always is what if, you know, you do happen to meet someone who was um, positive and didn't know it or, you know, and you don't, and you also don't want to risk, um, you don't want to put yourself at risk as well as your loved ones, mm. right? I think a lot of us, a lot of Malaysians are feeling that struggle. They haven't seen their family members in a long while and a lot of us are seeing these this vaccine as a chance for us to return to some semblance of normalcy. Mm, yes, and uh, always uh, you know you have to remember uh, that the vaccines uh, protect you from getting severe COVID-19. That's really the aim uh, of protecting uh, everyone in the population, right? Uh, the, 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 the strain of this disease is the fact that when people get the severe form, which is actually mm. quite common, you need long hospital you need to be on intubators, you need to be on ventilators, and that's horrendous. And across the board, all the vaccines have shown that they can protect people from, uh, and, and drastically protect people from having to be hospitalized, um, ven- uh, you know, to be in ICU, and also reduce the risk of death. So even if and I know many people are thinking there are all these reports about mm. people who've been vaccinated but they still got COVID-19. Chances are those people very likely have very mild symptoms or even no symptoms at all. And, and you know, um, the, the concerns that you uh, pointed out to when are just some of them. Um, but that's it. Nine million people are still waiting mm. for their vaccination, right? Uh, we, <laughs> I include myself among them, uh, have registered. We're waiting. Uh, and among those, we've heard anecdotal stories from our 
our senior citizens uh, in phase two who, um, you know, despite looking forward to their appointment, were actually wracked with anxiety and worry leading up to it. So to hopefully tackle some of the anxiety, we want to give you an inside look into what would happen at the vaccination centre. Mm. So we had the opportunity to visit a vaccination centre at SunMed Convention Centre last week. So this is the centre set up by Sunway Medical Centre to support phase one of the National Vaccination Programme. And that's where they vaccinated the healthcare staff as well as other healthcare frontliners from um, several private hospitals around the Klang Valley. So this visit, um, where we strictly complied with all the SOPs, of course, um, that gave us a glimpse into how a vaccination site is set up, you know, what the process will be like when the rest of us go for our jabs under phases two and three. So later in this hour, you'll be hearing from Sherry Wu, lead of the Vaccination Working Committee at Sunway Medical Centre. She's also the director of Allied Health at SunMed. She will be explaining what to expect when you go for your jab and what you'll need to prepare. But first, we also spoke to Dr. Xiao Weikin, Medical Director of Sunway Medical Centre, who was getting his uh, second jab that day uh, to understand why the efforts that are going on to roll out the vaccination program are so important. So Dr. Xiao painted the overall uh, picture of what are the challenges that hospitals in Malaysia have been facing throughout the pandemic using Sunway Medical Centre as an example. I think uh, since the beginning of the pandemic until now, okay, I think different phases, I think we have different challenges. Like at the very beginning of the pandemic, actually we know very little about this virus. So that's why the fear is on the ground uh, to show that, okay, we, we don't know about the virus, so we don't know how to react on it. Actually, the Sunway Medical Centre is the first hospital to set up a medical tent for the screening purpose. That means we are very prompt in action, taking actions to contain the virus and then to protect everyone who comes to the hospital here. I think at the beginning stage, uh, the challenge we face is uh, we know very little about the virus. And also, as you know, during that point of time, there's, there's, uh, well, there was a shortage of a PPE. You know, These are the challenges I think we face during the very beginning of the pandemic. I think in the middle of uh, last year, actually, we know more about the the. The, the virus. Now, we're also facing the people didn't tell us the truth about their, their exposure history. And then some even, they've already contracted the virus, try to hide their travel history or exposure history, you know, just because they want to get some convenience of a treatment, whatever, you know. I think approaching the end of the year, I think what we face is about the, because this has been dragged for so long, you know, so that's, that's why people also get complacent of, on the SOP. As we all know, I think our DG always uh, emphasizing the trees, try to avoid the 3C and also try to practice the 3W. So here I would like to mention the 3C and 3W again. Uh, we avoid being in the very crowded place, in the confined space or have a very close conversation. And then for the 3W, we advise the people to wash hands more frequently using the hand sanitizer or using the, what we call, it was called sabun, you know. And then we also, uh, you have to wear the mask at all times. And then try to warn the people when they didn't follow the SOP. This is a 3C and 3W, which should be the DNA of our life now. This is a new, this is a new norm. So at the end of like 2020, we feel like people getting fatigued or tired of all this SOP. So when we see the complacency is there, the numbers start increasing again, you know. 
So here I would like to um, urge our public try to follow the SOP. Although the vaccination program is taking place now, it shouldn't give us a false sense of the security. Okay, once vaccinated, it doesn't mean that you're immune to the virus. It definitely can reduce your your risk of being infected by the virus, or being hospitalized, or being um, severely impacted by the by the virus, like ventilated, all these things, you know. But it doesn't mean that you're immune. Yeah, so you still have to practice the three C and also the three W. Yeah. So when, hosti- when hospitals are under such strain, you know, it does have a spillover effect on the rest of us who rely on the healthcare system for a lot of our essential care other than COVID-19. So here's Dr. Xiao explaining the strain on the healthcare system and the impact of that on all of us. As we can see the, from the social medias and from the news worldwide, yeah, especially now India, actually the healthcare system is almost uh, very, very stretched, you know. So for this virus, I think once the numbers going up, that means we have to allocate more resources, especially the ICU, especially the ventilators, especially the manpowers, just to take care of this group of the critically ill COVID patients. So as you know, I think every country has their limits on the resources, you know. Once you try to allocate more resources to help uh, the COVID-19 critically ill patients, Definitely for the non-COVID part, I think there will be less resources allocated for them, like for the non-communicable disease, like for diabetes, for the heart disease, or for, even for the stroke patients. So the, the resources they can, they can help this group of patients will be much reduced. And then this will have an impact on our current patients. Mm. So that was uh, Dr. Xiao Vekin, the uh, medical director of Sunway Medical Center. And, you know, he talked about ICU and critical care uh, and taking away those resources from other patients who need it. And that's a timely reminder, right? Because we're hearing right now that the ICUs in private hospitals are already full uh, from accepting COVID-19 patients. And it really comes down to um, what each of us can do to reduce um, the risk of transmission, exposure and to keep ourselves out of hospitals. Mm, and we have been seeing the number of people admitted to ICU um, in the daily COVID-19 numbers. That number has been going up, you know, people in ICU, people who are intubated and I've seen a lot of um, our doctors who um, have taken to social media to voice their concerns over that rising mm-hmm. number because it indicates that the situation might be spiralling out of control again. Yes, and so vaccination, again, we're coming back to that because that has been um, it's been proven in the studies, it's been proven in real world, if you look at other countries that have rolled out a mm. lot of vaccinations, that is reducing uh, people going into hospitals and going into critical care. So, you know, whenever I hear a relative, um, a family friend, or just anyone, uh, an uh, acquaintance, who said that they've either gotten their jab or their appointment, I'm just so pleased. Mm. <laughs> so pleased. And I, I know exactly that feeling. I think I overheard, uh, well, I heard from my um mother that um, someone in the neighbourhood, an uncle had gotten his jab recently mm. and I was talking to it um, with the other neighbours and you know, it was quite like getting quite excited and animated you know? I mean, clearly the uncle is feeling fine because he's like back to his morning and evening Fantastic. walks, but it's it's really exciting to see, you know, some of our elderly um, being so excited about it and also just sharing that experience with the people around them to sort of just 
allay some of their concerns. Alright, so um, speaking of concerns, for those of you who are waiting to go for your appointment and you're sort of quite nervous about what to expect, um, when we come back from uh, the quick break, we'll take you behind the scenes of a vaccination centre set up by Sunway Medical Centre uh, that was used for frontliners in Phase 1. So stay tuned for that uh, on the Daily Digest, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You are listening to The Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture with me, T. Xiaoik and Lim Suan this Friday afternoon. Today, we're looking at the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccination program to non-frontliners under Phase 2. And that began earlier this month and it's been uh, sort of staggered across the states, um, but it's uh, kicking off. And, uh, you know, among... Malaysians, uh, among everyone here. There are those who we know are sort of anti-vaccines. There are those who are hesitant. And then there, there, there are those who um, have serious vaccine envy. Like us. <laughs> like us. <laughs> who are, you know, just following updates uh, feverishly about who's getting their jabs and who's waiting, uh, who's uh, gotten their appointments uh, and we are waiting for our turn as well. Or for our parents and grandparents, mm. right, who would um, fall under this phase two category. Mm. But there's, um, there there is some trepidation as well about what to expect, you know, when you go for your vaccination. We've heard from some senior citizens going for their jab who said that you know, they were so anxious and nervous leading up to their appointment. They were having sleepless nights. Mm. They were worrying endlessly right up to the point um, where they got their jab. So, well, we thought it might help if you know what goes on at the vaccination centre and what you can ex- uh, expect. And perhaps you can share that with mm. people in your family as well. So we visited a vaccination centre at SunMed Convention Centre and this this is where Sunway Medical Centre was supporting the government's phase one of the national vaccination program. So this was the site where frontliners from Sunway Medical Centre and several other private hospitals in Klang Valley had received their vaccination. And as we know, they play an important role as frontliners in our fight against the pandemic. So while that is the site for phase one, we figured the setup would be fairly similar to other large vaccination centres that are set up across the country. So for instance, in Selangor, many Phase 2 vaccinees, uh, we've heard, are getting their jabs at the Sunway Pyramid mm. Convention Centre. And we know that these kinds of similar sort of like large um, mass vaccination sites are being set up, right, in order to get lots of people in. Um, you know, they're using community halls and, and spaces like that. Uh, so we hope that um, this similar this uh, setup will be similar enough to give you an idea of what to expect. So when we arrived at um, the Sunway Convention Centre, we got Sherry Wu. She She's the lead of the Vaccination Working Committee at Sunway Medical Centre to walk us through the whole process of vaccination, you know, from the time that a person arrives for their appointment. So at SunMed's Vaccination Centre, each step in the vaccination process is set up as a station. So at Station 1, which is the triage station, um, you will go through a temperature check and to show your health declaration. Uh, And this is where uh, two copies of consent will be given or to be shown to uh, the triage station together with your identity and my sejatra. From there, um, a journey slip will be issued and then you can actually uh, proceed to station two. Station one is also where we check to ensure that this person who has presented is in the line missing for that day. Come station two is the registration counter. It's where the vaccinee will scan their MySajatra app to uh, check into the vaccination uh, station uh, counter, vaccination center. 
Uh, it is also where uh, the staff will verify the IC with the system MyVAS. And at this station, dedicated staff will actually issue a colour-coded identification to the vaccinee, which corresponds to uh, six doses per vial. Okay. Moving on to station three, uh, where it is actually manned by a medical qualified medical officer, uh, vaccinee will go through counselling by medical uh, officer. So the doctor will actually discuss uh, any concerns with the vaccinee, uh, for example, any history of allergy or uh, what are the severity of the allergy, and if the patient have any uh, comorbids or um, if they are pregnant or breastfeeding. And this is where the consent form will be signed in front of the medical officer. So uh, from there, the doctor will assess uh, to see whether patient requires a 30 minutes observation or a 15 minutes observation. This is peculiar to Pfizer uh, because uh, Pfizer has this 30 minutes and 15 minutes, whereas for Sinovac, it is all uh, 30 minutes. After Station 3, uh, they will move to Station 4 vaccination station. This is where the vaccine is administered. Uh, subsequent to the uh, vaccine being administered, uh, vaccine will scan the information on the vaccine into the MySagetra. And this is also where uh, we record when the vaccine is given so that um, it will determine when the observation time will end. After Station 4, they will go to Station 5 uh, post-vaccination station, whereby they will match their MySagetra and MyVas system uh, of the vaccine centre. And subsequent to that, they will be guided to Station 6, uh, where they will undergo observation for 30 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, our competent staff are on site to ensure that uh, anyone who feel unwell, uh, be attended to. And after the observation period, uh, then they can safely move to the last station, which is uh, where the vaccination card will be given. Uh, at this station, uh, the information on the, vac the batch of vaccine, as well as your next appointment will be given at this station. So in the vaccination hall, vaccinees were seated in neat, spaced out rows and there were six people per row and each group of six would move from one station to the next altogether. So we asked Sherry why that was done. So for um, each patient or each vial, uh, it's actually sufficient for six patients. So we actually need to make sure that um, uh, for the line listing in the beginning, there's actually uh, in sequence or in multiples of six. So from there, uh, when they check in, uh, after they actually done the matching in MyVAS system, and they will actually be given a sticker. What we do here is we actually have uh, six numbers in each colour, which corresponds to six doses per vial. So after the six uh, patients have arrived and seated in front of the counselling station, uh, go through the counselling, then only they can actually move to the vaccination station and only when there are six people in the vaccination station, the nurse will open and start vaccine, uh, vaccinate the, the, the recipient. And uh, Sherry also explained why it's so important to ensure that you have six people uh, and to use up all the doses once one vial has been opened. 
So um, because uh, the vaccine is very precious now, we know that there is uh, insufficient dose uh, to meet the demand globally. Uh, it is very important that no wastage is allowed. So uh, that is also the reason why uh, only when there is uh, when our nurses see that six patients, they only uh, will open a valve. If happens there is only five uh, patients seated, we will have to call back up. So uh, we try to manage that, um, you know, from the beginning and at the line listing <clears throat> by the appointment slot, uh, you know. So let's say there's uh, we schedule 36 people for 8.30 and we open our counter at 8 o'clock uh, or 8.15. So by 8.30, we would have expect that 36 person have, have come. If happened that, you know, one of them did not come, we will start call, calling and, you know, trying to find out uh, what happened and if really they can't say for example they uh, they are really sick uh, they happen to fall sick on that day we will actually need to call a backup uh, vaccine and that's very important uh, when there's any wastage we will actually need to uh, write a report and which we do not want to and that is why, you know, it's so important that people stick to their appointment um, th that was given to them, that they show up on the day and time slot allocated to them. So here's Sherry explaining why. Yeah, so um, 36 uh, is an example, um, but it's uh, mainly the multiple of six. So if we do not um, have uh, six person waiting, uh, say for example, we have we have only have five, we will still need to, uh, the, the five who have arrived will need to wait for the six person to arrive. So they may be coming from somewhere, um, but we will just have to wait. So uh, if you are given an appointment at 8.30, please come on time. Now, many people are still worried about the side effects of the vaccines. And this is uh, one of the reasons, as we discussed earlier, why so many people still haven't registered for their jab. So we asked Sherry to address these concerns and to prov provide some uh, reassurance about how we will all be monitored even after receiving the jab. I think uh, safety is very important. Um, what I want to highlight is that um, not to worry um, about coming forward because um, you can actually dis pre discuss your concerns with any other medical uh, doctor. Uh, doesn't have to be at the vaccination center. You can discuss with your regular doctor, your family doctor, on any concerns that you have for you to decide um, whether you want to proceed or not. And should you still have further questions, you can still come to the counseling counter. And uh, subsequent to that, uh, the doctor will decide whether you require more observation, which is the 30 minutes, or you are actually you do not have any history, it will be observed 15 minutes. And um, it is very safe because we also have um, fully qualified, trained, uh, competent uh, doctors and nurses doing the observation at the observation counter or station uh, throughout the vaccination operation uh, hours and uh, everyone should feel safe to come forward. And on that note, Dr. Xiao, the medical director of Sunway Medical Centre, also weighed in at this point uh, to share SunMed's experience of managing those who did experience some side effects after getting the jab. I think every vaccine has their side effects. This is something uh, is unavoidable to me. Yeah. But for these vaccines, what we can observe from our vaccination centre here, actually the percentage is very, very, very low. Yeah. And then all can be managed well. 
Yeah, like I think very few patients they develop uh, develop kind of the side effects in our vaccination center. But after giving the some of the medications, they recover well. Just few hours, you know. Yeah, maybe just need some few hours of observations. They recover well. Yeah. So I think we should have a confidence in this vaccine. It is safe for the public. And then I don't think any government will approve the vaccine if this is this is uh, not good for the, our public rights. Yeah, I think we should have a confidence on it. So, you know, we've been seeing more and more photos of senior citizens, even those age 90 and above, going for their vaccinations under phase two. You know, many of them were beaming. They were looking relieved after getting their jab. But those who are hesitant are wondering whether the elderly are at higher risk of side effects. So we asked Dr. Sia what safeguards are in place to monitor and treat the elderly if they have side effects after the jab. Actually, I think for all the vaccination centres across the Malaysia, there's a very strict uh, SOP for us to follow. Like in all the vaccination centres, we have to set up our own uh, resus zoom, resuscitation zoom, and then also the post-vaccination observation area. So for this um, so-called vulnerable group of patients, uh, I just want to reassure them, no matter you, uh, no, uh, wherever you go for your vaccination, Definitely, there will be a very good, uh, what I call the post-vaccination uh, observation uh, station to, to, to help you. Yeah, no need to worry about this. Just in case, okay, you develop kind of the side effects or the adverse events after the vaccination, there will be a competent team to take care of you. This is something very, very sure, yeah. And to further reassure the elderly folks, Dr. Seau told us about the oldest vaccine that they had seen in Sunway Medical Center. I think we have the we have doctors older than uh, sixty to seventy years old. Actually, I think he or she also shared a very good experience after the vaccination. Yeah, the next day I think he can still go for hiking, whatever you know. But of course, uh, we don't encourage you to have uh, very strenuous uh, exercise after the vaccination. You should take a good rest. But based on our experience, I think we have one doctor actually, I think, if not mistaken, is 70 years old. After vaccination, completely well. And then still can show us all the photo he, he took during the hiking, you know. All this thing is very good. Mm. And finally, Sherry also shared some tips for those of you who will be going for your jab. So things like how and what you should prepare. So um, there are a few important documents that they need to uh, bring to the vaccination centre. The first one definitely is your uh, uh, IC. Um, and second thing is uh, two copies of consent. Um, this consent can be printed from the MySurgetra app itself. Two copies and you can actually pre-fill some of the questions but you it is important to sign in front of the counsellor, the counselling doctor and uh, it should be in black ink. And third thing is uh, make sure your MySurgetra is the latest uh, edition or the latest version as well as your phone is fully charged to prevent any system issues. And also uh, we recommend that they come uh, with light breakfast so that they don't have um, things related to not having breakfast rather than actually the vaccine. So um, I'm not sure about the other vaccination centre, but for Sunmet, we do not want anyone to fall off. So we are very prepared. We have a consent forms at the triage counter. We have consent form even at counselling counter, alongside with our journey slip. 
So uh, not to worry too much on that. Uh, but more important is to come on time. So you just heard some highlights from our visit to the vaccination centre at Sunmet Convention Centre and we wanted to give you a glimpse into what the process is like to allay your fears about entering the unknown when you go Mm -hmm. for your jab. So it was very systematic and well-organised with strict compliance to SOPs. There were no crowds, um, chairs was well-spaced out, everyone was masked and, you know, patiently awaiting their turn. Yeah, and what I noticed was among those who had gotten their jab, there was this, you know, sort of... um, celebratory air, of course. Uh, they were taking their pictures mm. at the, the photo wall that Sunmet had set up. Um, a bit muted, I suppose. They don't want to, to overdo things. Um, but you could see that, you know, they were so proud holding up their placards. And we've been seeing uh, members of the uh, public, um, you know, getting those pictures taken as well uh, under phase two. So I guess um, be patient, hang in there and wait for your appointment. And also a note uh, to reiterate something that all of the experts who've um, you know spoken to us have said, don't be, um, don't uh, you know refuse uh, vaccination just because you're worried about um, some of the news reports you're hearing about different types of vaccines, right? Talk to your um, healthcare professional, your trusted GP, um, or you can go, as Sherry said, you can go to the vaccination center, and there will still be opportunities during the counselling for you to find out uh, whether you are at risk of side effects. Um, ultimately, any vaccine isn't better than no mm. vaccine uh, to protect us. And uh, of course, after you've been vaccinated, don't assume that you can go back to pre-pandemic life, you know. So do still wear your mask, uh, practice physical distancing and avoid crowds. And uh, speaking of these uh, SOPs, pandemic fatigue was something that we discussed on our very first Health and Living webinar earlier on Facebook Live, which was at 12 o'clock. Mm. So the speakers that we had on were Dr. Farhan Rusli and Shankar Tiruchalvam. And, you know, they shared some very interesting insights about why people are letting their gut down. And that was both from a public health and a personal psychological perspective. You know, I think we're all feeling that COVID fatigue, that Mm. pandemic fatigue setting in. We're finding it difficult to follow the necessary um, restrictions, you know, remembering to wear a mask, to wash our hands often and to keep that physical distance. I think that's the... The The physical distance (laughs) is something that, and, uh, you know, it was addressed in the webinar about, you know, all these crowds of people, social gatherings Mm. and and, and restaurants, right? Yeah. Mm. So, you know, if you missed that, you can watch the webinar. Just go to Facebook com slash BFM radio and look under the videos tab and it's also not too late for you to enter the lucky draw that we have um, alongside the webinar so just head to the comments in the webinar video to look for the link to download our e-sharing kit you can fill in a simple form to download it and just do that and that will get you in the running to win some great prizes so our e-sharing kit is both you know fun and useful we've sort of created a COVID bingo game that you can play and share on social media um, and you know there are also some tips on how you can fight COVID fatigue so hopefully you know you'll find that fun interesting and sort of just get you a bit more motivated yes please do go over and uh, you know check out the webinar and uh, download that e-sharing kit for some great prizes as well Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for the show today. Uh, do look us up on our Facebook page at BFM The Bigger Picture. And you know what? Um, if you or your family member have gotten uh, their vaccination, do drop us a message on our Facebook page to share your experience with us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, now, if you missed any part of the show um, earlier this hour, you can download the podcast on bfm.my slash daily digest or on our BFM app. This has been the Daily Digest. On the bigger picture, BFM 89.9. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.